the hype train is and we're like oh my god this is terrible we're so good can we just stop that crap Ireland could win the World Cup let's be honest oh Shane could why are we so afraid of this OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB sports app dad pod this is a video thing as well podcast midlife crisis howdy daddy midlife crisis dadcast that's not bad actually dadcast with Nivea men try Ireland's number one skincare brand alright let's do this why are we doing this again Adrian <laughs> well we we gathered the troops we circled the wagons um, we put the toothpaste back in the tube whatever the other um, they turned a cannon something in a canoe that's very um, a canoe yeah, there just seemed to be the, there was a desire from the public. I think, Jersey, the official line. So we're going public, with? public acclamation. Well, yeah. the dads are all here. Uh, Adrian's here, as I've just established. Hello, hello. Uh, Nathan's here. How are you? Hey, Jer. Uh, and Dave is here. I am. How are we doing? Uh, all very good. Um, it's fair to say, and we need to get this out there straight away, that there's a little bit of reticence on behalf of all of the parents of this podcast versus the first episodes of DadCast when our kids didn't have any access to anything, when they didn't know that we did this. Whereas now you can be absolutely certain that this is the type of thing that is going to land on their radar sooner rather than later, right? Yes, it's a very different world we're living in. When did we start? What year was it when we first began? I certainly think I was the father of a two-year-old anyway. So I think it might have been 2017. I think I had only two kids. Maybe 2016. Ooh. Well, my youngest was born. My eldest was born and started. Shit, no, you're right. 2017. You're right. 2017. Yeah. We get the Here, listen. Only- listen. Cut the crap, Jer. Cut the crap. You mentioned it in the intro. Getting the toothpaste back into the tube. I think is a good way to start this because for some people, the toothpaste <laughs> coming out of the tube to it was <laughs> That's what everyone wants to know straight off. They want the updates on uh, how the well, toothpaste that... is coming out. <laughs> it comes out in exactly the same way. <laughs> I, I think you obviously tuned out in the middle of our uh, hour-long explanation of what exactly happens. Post- no, no, I, I here. Listen, uh, I'm Emmett Byrne on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm fully aware of exactly what happens. I, but I, I think since the last time we were on the. Uh, you know, there was a, a lot of people promising to do certain things. I'm just wondering, did anyone follow through? I hope. <laughs> <laughs> the analogy, yeah. Is that me you're so, talking about? I'm, I, there, there was this random message into our WhatsApp group. First time David had used it in a long time. Went, anybody anybody ever coffee? I'll be in the city centre. It's like, that's unusual. What's, what's that? And then weeks later, we realised that Dave was in uh, having the snip. Yeah, I was in Molesworth Street. Finally got the job done, lads. Must have been a good experience if you're telling us where it happened. I can't even remember where it was, or sorry, when it was. When was it? Was it last year? Must have been last year. Well, it was definitely last year. Spring of last year, I think. So maybe coming up somewhere around the one-year anniversary. Um, Yeah, but I I just felt all the talking had been done. It was time for action. And I finally did, did the deed. And, you know, life is all the better for it. I certainly don't regret it. I certainly haven't changed my mind on wanting more children. So here we are. I don't think I've ever met anybody as hardcore as you, Dave, that 
there was no nothing standing in the way of you getting it done. You were I've never met anybody more insistent that they are absolutely not having any any kids. <laughs> well, I was just, I. You have so much love for the current two, you just couldn't split it another way. Well, that's it. Like, I'm not sure I have any more love to give. But also, it was, <laughs> I'm getting, I'm 43 years old now. And I mean, this time last year, I was father of seven and five year olds. And I had seen friends of mine who were having children still and right back at square one, and they were delighted with it. But when I saw myself potentially in that situation, the thoughts of going back to day one was just something I couldn't stomach. As amazing as those days were at the time, and I would never want would-be fathers listening to us now to feel that I'm degrading those days because they were unbelievable. They were just, it was fairy tale stuff. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> never want to go back there, though. <laughs> they were unbelievable. Unbelievable. They were they so were. unbelievable. We, we made a podcast as like a um, some kind of bitching circle about how yeah. difficult it was. There were difficult days, obviously, and there are difficult days now that they're a little bit older, but they're just a different set of problems. But they at least, I mean, I met actually someone that we used to work with and off the ball. I won't name who it was just in case he doesn't want his identity given. And I met him, um, I was doing a bit of shopping the other day and he was there with his wife and their two very young children. So I'm thinking they were two and six months or two and two months. So, so long like those lines and the amount of shit they had with them was just mm. there were bags and buggies full of bags and rucksacks on backs and the undercarriage of the buggy was full of stuff and I'm just I I was remembering the days where it, it honestly took an hour to leave the house at any yeah. point. And I could never go back to that. Until, That's where we're at at the minute. Do you mean it gets easier? Well we know you would just put your shoes on lads and get the hell out of the house. Well I wish it was as easy as that. It's not. Why, See, Dave, not? You have a you have a you have a significant advantage here in that you have two and everybody else has three. Yeah, and I do see a lot of people who have two kids around the same age as my two lads who are what are they now eleven and nine, and we have a four year old who you know we went for a walk up Kalini Hill on Monday and dear God we hadn't walked ten meters and she was oh my legs are so tired <laughs> my legs like. Shut up. Like, and they're obviously given out about the fact they even had to leave the house. But the third child just adds a wrinkle of everything set back years mm-hmm. of to you've a bit of freedom now. Like seven yeah, and six, they can do everything. So that's exactly the point I'm making. Everything is set back to day one, to square one. Yeah, right back to where it all began. The other the other thing is that when you have that third child, it's like it's not just it's that there's four other people for that third child to have a fight with. <laughs> and then that just that just magnifies out. It's like a, a mushroom of potential conflicts. And so, I, I mean, we're sorry. We're, it definitely gets easier. There's no doubt about it. The bits where uh, you've got to pack everything up, and it, you know that to be somewhere for half eleven basically means getting up at eight o'clock. Otherwise, you're going to be late. Um, whereas mostly that's finished. Mostly you can get out now. Now you're entering the difficult period where you have to convince people to do stuff where you no longer can just pick them up and put them in the seat. And I was at a thing recently and I was sitting beside uh, a guy who was in his fifties. He has two grown up kids who are both playing inter-county. Now they're, they're away traveling at the moment, but obviously you think, okay, well, they're obviously doing a very good job. And he was asking about what age my kids were. He's like, oh, that's the best time. It only gets harder after that. I was like, what do you mean? Like, teenage years. The teenage years are a disaster. I was like, but you, what? 
It's like, oh, I, and I actually, I couldn't go into it. I was too, I can't, I, <laughs> You're too I don't frightened. want to know this. I don't really want to know if, it, if it's, if it's worse, like, is there like one week in the middle where it's not Difficult. Does it not just totally depend on the kids though as well? Because like just what you're saying there, Jerry, but the youngest one, our youngest one has been a unifying force, bizarrely. So like the elder two who will claw each other's eyes out to uh, you know get an advantage over each other, perceived or otherwise, uh, have suddenly that, so that hasn't stopped. That's that's very much still a thing. But they're united in their absolute love and care for the younger one who's a dream child. I mean, how, how young is the youngest? One. Right. So, I mean, he'll turn into a demon shortly. That's Well, know, we, we at the moment, he, he's un- incapable of fighting his own corner or having an opinion or stealing something or yeah. getting back. So this is like, you know, yeah. this, these are happy times. You should enjoy these. Or even when he does it, it's just crack. It's like, ah, it's just him. Nobody yeah. really cares enough about him mm-hmm. to be competitive with him almost. You yeah, know, that would definitely that, change. At the opening of 2001 Space Odyssey, the the monkeys discover weapons. As soon as the children discover weapons and they can use their toy car, which at the moment is cute, to bang the head or slash the eye of the the brother or sister, then you're screwed. It's the only thing we have to hang on to now. Could you please try uh, to burst the bubble? There is the bit as well, though, that the older two, and we are the same, uh, the arrival of the third was a unifying force in that, you know, the love they had for her and the crack they would get out of her. But also, I think bit by bit, they're starting to realize that, oh, wait a second, third girl, us two boys, she seems to get away with absolute murder and can do whatever she wants and have whatever meltdown. And there's a calm and rationed response to her. And, you know, parents are fine. It's like, OK, let's we'll deal with this. Whereas if they step out of line ever so slightly, you know, the wrath uh, descends upon them. And uh, yeah, I think there's slowly but surely they're starting to look at her and go, yeah, not happy you about You ain't all that. <laughs> not happy about this. All right. Dadcast is in partnership with Nivea Men. Want to feel great in your skin? Nivea Men has you covered from sensitive tailored skincare to cleansing and anti-age. That's the bit that we're in there now, folks. Try Ireland's number one men's skincare brand. We have had some correspondence that has been hanging over from um, from previously Unless there's any other specific questions you want to catch up on. Okay. Silence. Have we, I will take for a second. Have we wrong uh, Dave's vasectomy dry? Hey. Uh, he has many times. I love, I love, was, it, was it smooth? Because Jer, Jer, Jer wasn't a great advocate for it, i got to say. Yeah, it was... Uh, not, um... I, I'm an advocate for the outcome, not the process. <laughs> and I was definitely not recommending the place that I went to. And I've never mentioned on air the place that I went to. Although some people did piece it together from my description. They're like, was it that place? I was like, yeah. It's like, oh, a similar story. So yours is different, Dave. Totally. And I couldn't recommend the doctor in question and the facility in question highly enough based purely on my own experience, which from the canvassing of others who've gone through something similar, I was very much the the extreme where it went according to plan. I was in and out in 20 minutes. Yes, there was a little bit of pain in the aftermath, but I was already popping pills before I even walked into the place and kept doing so for two or three days. So any significant pain was staved off the whole time. It's like taking a couple of Nurofen before you you go to sleep after you've had a rake of gargle on a Saturday night to kind of nip the, the headache in the bud before it even presents itself. And, now you're addicted to Oxy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, bar, I do remember getting a knee in the nuts in the pool from one of the boys 
about <laughs> 48 hours after it happened. And it was, and you know, you know there's something has gone on there and there is a sense of delicacy that needs to be respected and protected. But within four or five days, it was all sorted. And then it's just a, the waiting game and eventually you get the all clear and you kind of put the whole thing behind you very quickly. So if I, on my own experience, I'm willing to recommend it to anybody who's considering getting it done. Oh, but yeah. Not everybody's yeah. experience is the same. Well, I, I think absolutely get it done. If you're on the fence at all, get it done. You know, just do your research on the place that you want to go to and make sure that it has loads of up-to-date Google reviews that are done by people with local sounding addresses and names and that uh, know how to spell as opposed to, you know, as opposed to the closest one that happens to have an that Listen back 18 months ago and who aren't going to listen back. Uh, what hints can you drop for them again, Jerry, so that they, they go more, to, just go to Moldworth Street is what you're saying. Well, I mean, I, again, there are many other places to go. I'd say um, <laughs> you could go to Emmett. I'd say he'd be great. You know, uh, I didn't. I should have. Um, <laughs> I, I just kind of felt weird, Sean. You're Mickey to somebody you know. Is that not a... <laughs> it was a <laughs> yeah, well, that, it was, I, you know, out of the context of a, of a vasectomy, I think that will be very weird. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, I guess some people quite enjoy has that. Anybody been, has anybody been... It's a minor tangent. Has anybody been for, like, prostate checkups? That is not, that's more than a minor tangent. I would well, have it just speaks to the same point about showing your hole to uh, somebody who, you know. A medical oh, you know. Who did you go to? No, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's the Go same on. concept. Like, Tell us your story there. backstreet no, prostate I, I haven't. Do you know, I haven't, but I, I am going to. I'm 100% going to sometime soon because we're in that, I'm in that, I think we're all in that space now. We're getting there. Um, but there definitely is that, like, I've a, I've a, I've a, um, passing acknowledgement relationship with the, with the, with the GP, you know? So there's that sort of, there is, the, there is the same dynamic of getting your hole out or getting your mickey out in front of somebody you know. Uh, well, uh, I guess in, in one instance, they're actually going to be um, forever changing your ability to procreate. In the other, they're just like giving you the all clear. Um, yeah. But also, I don't know. My, my, I have like a, a GP practice. I never know who I'm going to get when I go in, which I kind of like. That uh, that suits me as opposed to developing <laughs> a relationship. On the old <laughs> well, yeah, I would say that there is a difference between getting your hole out and getting your Mickey out as well. I'd say uh, in law, you'd probably find yourself in a slightly different scenario. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, once again, well, you're suggesting, Adrian, that your 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 fame, your Adrian Barryness, uh, is now too big with your GP that you don't want him. In case you talking at a dinner party and Saturday night going, oh, I'd Adrian Barry in for a prostate. You wouldn't believe. Yeah, well, I, I, you'd have to assume that that's not happening, of course. But, uh, like, it's just the same dynamic, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it is. But for the prostate, do you, are you under sedation? Oh, no. Or? no, 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 no. How do we end up on prostate exams? Jeez. I think they do a blood test, and I think they... Like, You've done your research on this. Put your, your finger up, down, yeah. Adrian. Put your finger <laughs> down. <laughs> I think it's I think that's what happens. Um, okay. I didn't so think go, that we were all. Go gonna... get it done. Is my advice. Can I have a question uh, yeah. before we move on. Get it, get it done. I didn't for think we're all going to get fired for this, but it turns out right. But for both of our um, vasectomy colleagues, um, the first time you go at it, so we, we one of the things did we touch on at the top that we're sort of slightly we don't want to be too giving, so. You know, take the question as it is and, and deal with it as you will. Um, the first time you went at it afterwards, how was that? I mean, in terms philosophically. 
was it like a swinging from the rafters kind of like uh, <laughs> freedom or uh... <laughs> But I don't think the way you do it, Adrian, increases the chances of getting pregnant or not beforehand. Well, I just mean that, like, the joy of knowing that you're not going to, uh, did that increase the freedom of expression? The look on McIntyre's face says it all. <laughs> you're right. I don't want to be too giving. I'll leave that one to Jerry. <laughs> it looks like Jeremiah, though. So, uh... What a weird question, Adrian. <laughs> I think this says a lot about you, buddy. <laughs> Why, why would anything change? Why would anything change? So uh, they do recommend, so uh, Dave said you wait for the all clear. The all clear is like after a certain amount of time or after a certain amount of usage. And then you do a test and the test comes back negative or positive for whether or not you're still capable of, whether or not there's enough little fishies um, to uh, to fertilize the egg if we're, we're going to be uh, brutal about it. But like philosophically, you've made the decision a long time ago. So, you know, I like to think you've got enough practice in in advance. Not- you seem to be suggesting, Adrian, that, uh, and you're now the one who's obviously uh, giving more than uh, the other two lads here, that uh, pre-vasectomy, you're, you're restricted. Uh, you're enjo- you're, you are restricted. You're enjoying the moment, but part of you is thinking, this would be Uh-oh. great, but I, I'm not letting loose fully in case. <laughs> I get pregnant. Yeah, you're not really... <laughs> you may as well, I mean, may as well go so. out swinging. You're, you're not really... <laughs> There, there might be a point in proceedings where you're thinking that, but obviously there become there uh, there arrives a point where where that's not a factor. Uh, but I do I do I do appreciate the sentiment. I think that's fair. Other contraception is available. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. Not being too giving was the. <laughs> Woo. Uh, so some leftover uh, correspondence from our last episode. And if anybody wants to send us correspondence, how are they going to send us? Dadcast at offtheball.com. Is that what we want? Because anybody have somebody have access to that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and I think you can leave a comment on the reviews on Apple Podcasts if you want oh, to. Yeah. That would be good. And um, it'll really help us get better guests if you uh, like and review the podcast. Uh, my 10-year-old has become a teenager three years too early, says Keen from Newry. Went to wake her up last weekend to be greeted by fuck off, asshole. Is, is that it for the next eight years or any ideas on how we can all cohabit and survive? Help. Welcome back. This is one of the scenarios that I do worry about coming down the track. I'd heard of a, a mother whose daughter just woke up and go to school. And what do you do? Like You can't just pick them up out of the bed. Like I'm still able to say, right, well, look, I'll give you five seconds to get up and leave the house or I will carry you out to the car. But eventually, when like your son is six foot tall and and uh, fourteen stone, that's not gonna <laughs> that's gonna wash anymore. What do you do when it's a firm no and there's no budging, and really probably your only weapons are finance related, internet access related, but you don't want to be in that that sphere as well where you're throwing threats around the place and. It's just that sense of helplessness where they're looking in the eye and saying, F off, I'm done with you. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that today. Leave me alone. Get out of the room. What? What is your recourse then? Well, uh, it turns out that uh, anger and shouting doesn't really seem to work that well. <laughs> doesn't, making the situation worse by responding uh, in kind is yet to uh, affect a successful outcome, as far as I can see. Well, that's for kids of all age groups, really, isn't it, that I found if you lose your temper, they get more riled up. So it's pointless. 
But I think just- one of the things is, and myself and Jar are probably heading towards that direction uh, quicker than the two of ye, uh, in that I think we both have maybe have, what, 11-year-olds? Um, I've heard a lot of stories like that as well, Dave, of, you know, people's kids just decide I'm not going to school or are making big life decisions uh, when they hit sort of 13, 14. And I think you just need to hear more and more of those stories that's, Actually, everyone is going through some sort of shit. That's, there's going to be a lot of very difficult days with teenagers, but it doesn't mean it's the end of the world or the end of their world or somehow not catastrophizing at all. Now, it's easy to say when that hasn't happened as of yet and you're not the one and your kid hasn't got school for two weeks and is refusing to get out of bed. Uh, as to how I would deal with that, considering I've dealt with everything else that they've thrown at me so well so far uh, without <laughs> getting angry. <laughs> you know, their refusal to turn off their uh, computer within five minutes of me saying it is usually met with a reasoned response. So I'm not going to school for two weeks. I'm sure I'll go, this is fine. You're just going through some stuff and I'm going to bear with you here and not lose the rag completely. Isn't it funny how it's one of the few situations in life that the more experience you get, it seems like the shitter you get at it. I definitely am not getting any better at this. Yeah, but the goalposts post keep moving, though. Mm. You're not dealing with the same objects. <laughs> well, we're dealing with, like, you're, you know, we're, we're at different ends of the scale. If there's 10 years almost between kids here of, like, Adrian, for a one-year-old, it's still a physical battle. Like, it's a lack of sleep. It's a getting them dressed. You have to do absolutely everything for them. Like, we're now entering a psychological battle with these teenagers that we are not equipped for and that we don't know what is going down the track at all. Like, I can't get my head around that in two years, three years, my 11-year-old son, who's just, like, the most calmest, down-to-earth, nicest young kid you would meet, is going to turn into a terror. I can't... I can't project to see that happening. And there's no way he's going to be an outlier and just not become that, that he's going to be, he's going to stay that way once puberty properly hits. God, it's depressing. This should be an uplifting podcast. Do we not, uh, well, speaking of that, do we not, like the parents not give give themselves enough credit for the work they've done? Like at the point about your sort of, you should be becoming like after 10 years of being a parent, 10 years of anything, you should be considered uh you know, to to become a crafts person, you spend five years being an apprentice, and then five years on your own, and then you're considered a master of this craft. If you were a glass cutter, you'd be a master of the craft after ten years. I mean, Dave's point is not uh, irrelevant in the conversation, in that the product changes as you move. But do we not just is it like do we not just give ourselves enough credit at times to say actually, you know, by and large, not doing too badly. We might have failed the certification exams at the uh, craftsman stage, if there were any. <laughs> yeah, but you're, of course you learned, Jer, from child one to child two. I'm sure there were mistakes you made with your eldest that you didn't then make with your second child. You'd think so. <laughs> <laughs> but is that not the problem? So the first, so you're right. I would I would absolutely agree. Like, and you can see it reflected in the kids' personalities that's you know, the pressure that was put on the first child compared to the third child who gets no attention and is happily able to play by herself for an hour and just go about her business. Whereas the first kids, you know, it's constant because it was constant the parenting when they were growing up. They're now the first kid for the teenage stuff as well. Yeah. So we're also going to screw up that part with the first kid. So they're just constantly screwed up. Yeah. They fuck you up, your mom and dad. They may not mean to, but they do. Uh, hi, dads. Love the pod and welcome back. Sorry, I thought these were all leftover, but they're obviously as a result of your tweets. Um, 
and anything oh, will come by, back. By Adrian. the way, Jerry, our friend and Yuri got absolutely no advice there from us. Absolutely nothing constructive. Don't worry, we're not in a position. <laughs> no, we're saying you're doing you're doing well. And look, at I'm not in any direction, but you're doing well. Keep at it. Don't catastrophize it. Everything passes. I think I mentioned that before. Somebody gave me that bit of advice. Awesome advice. Um, check out boarding schools, Keen. <laughs> some that's like a couple of hours away. Two hours away is far enough so that they're not going to run home. Uh, hi, dads. Love the pod and welcome back. Hope you're still as relatable after the break. Mm, my six-year-old enjoys her soccer training. Flat out refuses to take part in flush the toilet and stuck in the mud. She seems to have some kind of competition anxiety and freaks out with the idea of losing. I want to encourage her, but don't want to leave her with a lifelong phobia of sport, says Deck in Crumlin. I think Deck is catastrophizing it, as Adrian put it there. He's kind of worried about something that isn't going to really be a problem for quite a while. All you want your kids at that age to be willing to do is show a little bit of enthusiasm and energy and willingness to actually go to wherever this training session is on in the first place. What happens during the training section at, uh, at such a young age is largely irrelevant. If there's one or two aspects that she doesn't want to participate in, just leave her be. She'll change her tune when she sees all of her mates enjoying themselves in those two drills. And eventually she'll turn and want to get involved. None of the kids like losing. Like Even now, my eight-year-old is playing GA on a Saturday and soccer on a Sunday. And both are taken unbelievably seriously by the children involved, but there's no scorekeeping. So... When they ask what the score is at half time, I just shrug my shoulders and go, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention. But they, it would be surprising that they actually ask you what the score is because more often than not, they do know. And they're well able to quote the full-time score to you afterwards. And oh, yeah. if they lose 10-0 on a Sunday morning to a really crack shot soccer team, they'll be able to tell you that they lost 10-0. But they do get less moody, I find, after a defeat than maybe they did when they were six or seven. So if she's unable to take defeat or competition or losing now, I think that will get better. Now, some might say, well, there's not loser talk. And you show me a good loser and I'll show you a loser. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we should attach that to children of that no. age. No. So uh, eventually she'll, it'll get that's easier. The, that's her. the name of your WhatsApp group, is it? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I I think he's, I understand his concern because you want your daughter to be involved in every aspect of the training and to enjoy it. But if there's the fact that she's willing to go there and seems to be enjoying the rest of it, I think he should have his mind put at ease. There's no big deal here. There's no issue. Anybody, anything else on that? What's the, any, any thoughts on like, um, so obviously my eldest is six and he's sort of, um, like all the mates are playing, he's playing the different sports and all that sort of stuff. And like he's granted them and interested in all that sort of stuff. But like obviously at some point, and um, Nathan and Jared particularly probably been through some of this, like obviously the team started to get streamed. Mates will go one direction. He might go a different direction. Any thoughts or advice on how to manage like any expectation on their part of, you know, like, I mean, his mindset at the minute is, oh, I could play Liverpool and I'd beat them on my own. I know this is, uh, this is like, um, not something that continues to exist the older they get, but um, just on on that bit of like mates and stuff progressing at a certain level, and then maybe other kids not been quite up to that. I've been interested, but just not up to that level. I think we should do a full podcast on this at some stage because I think it is 
something we will get a huge response to because it's so, so difficult and the pressure that is put on underage sport. I think we should do something on parents coaching their own kids as well, uh, which is something that I am doing and the stress of that and, uh, you know, noticing everything that your child does and probably being extra harsh on them. The streaming thing is very, very difficult, particularly if they end up split up by their mates. If it's a good club, they should have a way that they're still going to the matches with their friends, that they're still around their friends at training. That's even if, so for example, at our club, you know, we, it's streamed into A, B and C for GEA, but we'd make sure that the friends are all still in that group. So one, we've two groups. So say 30 kids will go to one venue, 30 kids will go to another, but we'll make sure all the friends are still going to the same venue. And then they'll be split during the game possibly. And I'm sure there's some kids who don't take that well. Generally, the feedback has been very, very positive uh, towards that. As long as again, the friends are traveling with each other and around each other for the warm up and around each other for after the game. And if they're going for hot chocolate or going for something that, that fun part of it is important, but like it is very, and it seems to be getting younger and younger that streaming is happening depending on the sport. That's, I guess you have to try and somehow not attach that much importance to being on the A team, being one of those guys that uh, takes to it a bit more naturally. And look, then you're into all sorts of complicated things that we've probably covered on off the ball a bit about different players, different kids mature at different ages and the kid who may not be making the A-team at, at under 10 could well be the captain of the A-team by under 16. But yeah, it's it's like, I, I don't know, it's so hard not to stress about it and overthink it and get pissed off if your kid isn't being picked for an A-team when they just desperately want to be on it. Are their mates are on it? Mm. Yeah, uh, well, let's do a full, let's do a full pod. Let's get somebody who knows what they're talking about about um, that. Like, I, I think the relative age thing as well would definitely should be factored in at um, underage level in a way. So you're playing with people and training with people of similar standards. Um, anyway, that that all starts to get a bit. Uh, personally, really don't want them to be that keen on trying to be elite. I want them to like have a five side game their 20s and 30s and maybe play a bit of golf or tennis and hopefully they cycle and swim and run and have a healthy attitude towards this as opposed to using it as some kind of this is a vehicle for my career because I learned how to be a leader and now here's my uh, 25 tweet thread and you're like fuck off <laughs> just be a human being you know? the, the streaming thing is a it's a well-worn debate but it, I we've what we have seen is that once they get to the age of 7 or 8 if you are putting the less developed kids in terms of technique and skill level into training sessions and matches with kids who of a vastly superior level, they just get destroyed and swamped, don't get a touch, self-belief evaporates, and then eventually they just no longer want to turn up. And so that's the reason that certainly in our GA sessions in this year, we have the matches will be streamed, whereas before we just streamed our training sessions and the players in each team on a Saturday against a rival club would have been, you know, two or three from each of our categories of top players, <clears throat> medium to better players, developing players. But we are hoping now that over the next few months, we will see some of the kids from the lower groups really starting to find their feet, really starting to express themselves, really starting to have a little more belief in themselves because they're playing a match and they're getting to kick scores and they're actually getting 
10 possessions in a game as opposed to yeah. accidentally getting one during the game. Well, the, the training recommendations, and look, I'm saying this as someone who doesn't coach, uh, the small side of games, like three on three um, at training in those groups gives everybody opportunity on the ball and opportunity to practice their skills. So there's, there's ways around... There's definitely, I, I think that there in previous years, there would have been, in previous generations, there would have been a culture of you can't, if you're not showing any signs of progress, we don't really want you around because you're you're uh, a, a thief on our time and our effort. We could be spending this time with the good lads. Um, but I actually was talking to Michael Murphy about this recently and he was saying that uh, that relative age thing is massively important because if you're the big lad uh, and you can dominate games, taking the ball from the keeper, running the length of the field, scoring goals, no one ever teaches you how to do a dummy solo or how to be good on your your other side. And as soon as you get up to senior level, they swallow you up because you haven't had to work on your skills. So it, it cuts both ways. Um, Darkass, where have you been? Welcome back, you relatable bastards. I've been retelling Dave's, or was it Jared's story, of the black bag full of toys and I've had many laughs as new audiences discover the wildness of it. Neither me or the dads I've told have been brave enough to try it, but the questions tend to circle around two areas. Did it work and how many times can you go back to it? Um, Do you want to recount for anybody uh, who hasn't heard the black bag story? It was was it me? I think it was me with the chair. Can't remember which 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 one. You? I, I thought chair was the black chair was the black bag, was he not? And Dave was the throwing the scooter over the wall. No, I've definitely packed the black bag full of toys on more than one occasion. Yeah, um, I also I don't know who started it, but um, I'd be happy for you to take the responsibility for starting it if that was the case, Dave. But. <laughs> um, I would look back on that now as a complete disaster. Like, obviously, I've just totally lost the head and unable to deal with something like it's, you know, chronically bad idea, I would say, uh, of no long-term benefits other than that you've traumatized your child. Like, how, how you know. Uh, There's, there are only short-term benefits, immediate-term benefits, in that you might spook them enough to give for the, their levels of behavior that have obviously driven you mentally to this place they might improve for 24 48 72 hours but as a long-term approach it does not work um because it's forgotten once you've done it once it's like a manager reading his players the riot act you can't do it a half time every time they're a goal or two down and you're and you're displeased with their performance levels and i never actually actually got rid of any of them any of the toys they were in a bag in the car and then once their behavior improved i slowly reintroduce said toys on a item by item basis but I wouldn't recommend I wouldn't re- unless you're just left with no alternative but we would have done it Jared, because we felt we were being left with no alternative I know but we'd obviously clearly lost the run of ourselves I think um, <laughs> it's not it's not the manager reading the riot act though it's Phil Brown getting them to sit down on the field at half time it's like completely off the reservation levels of like you have this doesn't make any... In retrospect, I think, I'd love to be able to tap myself up the shoulder and go, go outside for a walk for 20 minutes, and then come back and go, what was the problem that got us here in the first place? But, you, like, I still, you know, still don't have that um, uh, foresight when it comes to this. So I would I would definitely not recommend, not recommend it, really. Like, you're much better learning coping mechanisms than learning this type of stuff from us. If I, if I could give you one bit of advice, don't do as we say. Don't do as we do either. When they get the toys Don't back and then they're given the whole Paul McShane celebration afterwards, they're like, going well, it, The toys <laughs> back is the problem. Is that like all your kids have too much crap? Yeah. All, all kids today all have too much crap from the second that they are overstimulated with the deluge of presents that people get you 
And then this never stops. Everybody always buys too much, particularly early on in, in kids' lives. And like, sure, we do it the same. Um, but they have like uh, every year around October, November, there would be black bags of toys being taken out and uh, recycled to the charity shops, but sure, they barely notice. And it's just making space for the next lot of crap that comes through. So, um, I don't actually know what the answer is. But the to black our... bag situation wasn't spur of the moment thing. Like I would have been threatening this for days before oh, I yeah. did it. But you had the bag like ready the... then. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the scooter over the fence episode. Like that was just red mist descends in one moment. This was I would have met, I would have said, right, the next time this happens, look at me. Look at me. So you understand the words I'm saying to you. If this happens again, I'm going in and I'm picking your three favorite toys each and getting rid of them. And then you might I'm, follow through it on the first time, but the second time you might. So it's not like completely and utterly losing your temper because you've just broken. It's different to that. It's more premeditated. <laughs> Fine with the look at me, look at me. They are looking at you, but in their heads, it's like... This guy, yeah. This guy This guy talks an awful lot, doesn't he? This guy is always... I still do that now. Because they're old enough to understand everything that I say. So if I, when I say to them, like, I, I'm going to give you a little bit of leeway and this is what I expect to happen when the allotted time for whatever activity you're doing is over. You're going to say, no problem. And you're going to hand me back the screen or whatever it is. <laughs> but if you don't, now look at me, just so you both understand exactly what's going to happen. And you can't turn around and start wailing and say that you weren't warned in advance. This is what is going to happen. Now, is there anything I've just said that either of you don't understand? And if they both say, yeah, we totally understand. Well, there you go. That's, you their, bed. That's their bed they've made. Um, the other day, I said, right, that's five minutes. And after five minutes, they both just switched off their screens and brought them over to me. And honest to God, I had to get the thermometer out to make sure that they didn't have a temperature. <laughs> and I was very close to putting them in the back of the car and bringing them, bringing them down to A&E because I just thought there's something majorly wrong with these two kids. COVID test. It's a wonderful moment. <laughs> the problem I find now is they get a bit older with the five minutes. So I, again, the f- fucking five minutes. If I have to say five minutes again, it's, oh, we just started the game. We just started. <laughs> okay, end of that game. And then it's, how long has this game gone on for? If I was to take the Xbox off them, what are they going to do? That's not, doesn't involve wrecking my head. Like they know that instantly. It's incredible how they have two things inside. They're sitting, enjoying their screen time or all out. How can I wreck your head? Can I ask a question? Slightly, and I don't want to deter our uh, inevitable push to possibly another uh, You're not going back to the prostate exam, are you? No, I'm not. I'm not. (laughs) Just it's on that point of like constantly asking. So like I would say safely, and this uh, this is not exaggerated, I would say safely every morning, I have to ask the kids, one or other, the eldest two, mm, possibly 50 times to eat their breakfast. So, like, I might get one spoon for every five times I ask. What, am I better off just not? Am I better off just leaving them and let them get on with it? Or do I need are to you giving them? That? Are you giving them a big snack before bed? It's not that they're not hungry. It's, sorry, one, one of them will sit down and, like, munch their way through a full bowl, a full pot of porridge if it was put in front of them. And then the other one, uh, it's not that they're not hungry. Definitely, like, you know, if, if I was to sit down and help with, I could, you know, spoon, 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 if I was yes. to do that, 
No, is, is, this, this child is too old to be spoon-fed. You're asking me, is spoon-feeding good? <laughs> Pretty much. That's what it boils down to. Someone should tell me spoon-feeding is good and being teenager is easy. <laughs> and I'll go away happy today. What do I, I do, though? Like, do I just... What, what I do I do? Fucking, like, I, nothing. What can you do? Do what I just, can you do? Do I stop saying, eat your breakfast? No, I don't. There's no well, need to stop saying it because if you get if every time you five times you say it, you might get one bite out of it. Look, at least well, you just don't want them going out the door in the morning with nothing in their stomach. I well, I don't or, worry about that too much, but I and I will still spoon feed or, a six year old. Like if he's in the middle of something, I'll just throw a mouthful into his gob. And if I know if I've done that six times, well, he's going out with something. But going out hungry once or twice might not be the worst thing that ever happens because it'll learn you pretty quick to eat your bloody breakfast before you go, won't it? Is there no. not a part of this where it's like, oh, I was really hungry all day yesterday. Why are you really hungry? Because you didn't eat your breakfast. Mm, what if I had my breakfast? Oh, like, is there not is there not some part of this that is actually learning for themselves? Like, I think, I don't know. Personally, I find that the constant repetition only ratchets up the tension. Mm. And like, loads of good stuff happens when everybody's tense, right? That's where <laughs> all the good stuff happens. Yeah, that's the balance that's so hard to get in that the negatives are probably outweighing the positives of you saying it so you're winding yourself up constantly by talking about it and what is the positive of you saying it all the time they have one more spoonful it's not always tense by the way I mean it can be it totally can be Um, but it it gets there right yeah it does sorry it it doesn't always get there but like uh, do the thing do the thing do the thing do the thing why are you not doing the fucking thing what can you not see me do I not exist? You know, it's like, that's the pathway to, um, I don't know. Like, I'd love to know if those kind of, we'll make a list and everybody will be ticking those off along we go. And that that never works for us. Those kind of like, oh, here's an apparatus and a structure that you can use. It's applicable to you. It's like, it didn't work. Maybe because we weren't committed enough to, to the bits or the rewards charts. Like, Again, life is full of rewards anyway, so I don't know. Well, parenting is great, folks. Um, enjoy it. Life is short. Something, <laughs> something, something. And we're on the back nine now. Dadcast is in partnership with Nivea Men. Want to feel great in your skin? Nivea Men has you covered from sensitive, tailored skincare to clean cleansing and anti-age. Try Ireland's number one men's skincare brand. We must thank Nivea. I mean, they are responsible for us sitting around the table here, virtually. We're getting the band back together. Yeah. yeah. Are we going to do Electric Picnic again? I mean, you know. Oof. Are, are we too old for that stuff? No, no, no. no. I, find that... I think we peaked at Electric Picnic last year. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Adrian at Electric Picnic last year found the greatest bar that there has ever been. Met some beautiful but, people. Uh, Here's how old yeah. we are. We spent we spent a good hour in the company of two people from Monaghan, and it wasn't until about fifty fifth minute into it that we realised they were totally stoned off their head. These people are <laughs> these people are very strange. That's they also had the same name, if I remember right. Don't, no, don't say yeah. their names, but uh, <laughs> don't say their names. Yeah, but no, we're that. definitely doing we're definitely doing electric picnic if we get the chance. All right, well, we'll stick it on the stick it on the list. Uh, all right, dadcast at offtheball.com. Leave your comments uh, and requests for whatever in the uh, Apple podcast review section or you can just email us. All right, we're all still on Twitter, right? We are still we are on, Twitter. on Twitter, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Can't get the password. At, uh, that password doesn't work, but outside of that, yeah. We're, we're at Dadcast Pod. There you go. We might not answer, but we see everything. <laughs> we're like Big Brother. All right, see you next week. Cheers, folks.
Dad Pod. This is a video thing as well. Does have a name. Podcast. Or midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast with Nivea Men. Try Ireland's number one skincare brand.